Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about the Twilight Zone Season 1, Episode 33. And this is called Mr. Beavis. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. And as we previewed last week, because obviously at the end of every episode, Rod Selling comes on and I'd forget I always forget what what it was, you know, during the week. It's not until I start the episode where it all kind of comes flooding back within the first the first couple of seconds mm-hmm. is where I get introduced to the character. And oh that's right, it was the it was the creepy guy who liked stuffed animals and kids. It was like children. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking this would be weird and creepy. And Joe's funny about this is that Obviously, we, we we said again, which was said a few times this season, that there was a lot of thematic similarities, just based on Rod Selling's description to not only the previous episode, but a few of the previous episodes throughout the season. But I want to give this episode some credit for one thing, is that while there are some similarities in some ways to some previous episodes, mainly the idea of having a guardian angel and a few other things, this was, like, after a few of the more suicidal episodes... This was actually a very cheery episode with a very upbeat message that had no dark twist to it. It was just, no, here's a good message, good nice little lesson for life, and that's, that's your that's your story. Yeah. Grow I, up, I, kids. I, do you think that was the message? I don't, know if, I don't think that was the message. Yeah, a little bit. No, it was the opposite. It was, don't, don't be, be yourself and be happy rather than everything else. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess they both work. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, this was definitely like you could, yeah, but you could also say that nobody's going to take you seriously if you don't grow up a little bit. Sure, but I think the message of the episode was definitely the idea that him being taken seriously was like it, it meant giving up who he was, and giving up who he was meant his life wasn't worth living. He didn't care about getting the, the, the raise or the, the nice car or, or everything. I've not, not even told you about the plot of the episode is yet. We're already debating the meaning yeah. of it. So, uh, so Mr. Beavis is this goofy character. He's very slapstick. You know, he, he's fallen down. He slides down the banister to impress the kids. He's playing around outside with the kids with the, 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 the football or whatever it is. And, you know, his car's this, you know, old like 1930s rickety mm. thing that's barely running 1920s something like 1924 i think yeah that's this old ancient looking thing um you know e- you know even ancient in this time period it's not just ancient to us it's ancient in the context of 1960 and yeah cars weren't really meant to last very long <laughs> yeah in the 20s <laughs> so you know, he goes to work, he gets fired for being late and because his desk is cluttered with like knickknacks and little things, including that sort of like doll clock thing that has these really creepy eyes that are like going up and down or looking left and right as it clicks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a bit of a hoarder. Yeah. Uh, apparently the, he's, the boss is also, Mr. Peckinpah is also mad at him because he had Christmas carols, carols come in during the working day to you know try and lift the spirits of the staff, but all it really did was disrupt the work. Um. So he's. He, I mean, after he gets fired and he's packing his stuff up, he goes home and finds out he's been evicted. He's having the worst day of his life. Also, his car got flipped over because another car like locked uh, its uh its tail with it and flipped it. <laughs> so uh, obviously, being the Twilight Zone, we don't get to see the actual flip. We just we see the reaction to it, and then the car's already flipped because mm-hmm. I'm not blaming them for that, but just you know, I'm, I'm pointing that out. It's not some ridiculous Fast and the Furious stunt. In the middle of the episode no it's more like a mr bean stunt 
Yes, I mean the character is very Mister Bean in a lot of ways. Actually, obviously he talks a lot more, but there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of Bean in there. Um, it was a bow tie, you know. He's this, but so this is the thing. The guardian angel shows up, and he's like, "Hey, I can make your life better. We're going to relive that day. We're going to go through that day, but we're going to fix everything to make sure it doesn't go the way it did." And he puts him in a, a normal suit, not the sort of tweed thing that he was wearing with the bow ties. No, it's a normal suit, and he takes him down. He's got a new fancy sports car, and the kids don't want to look at him. The, the the vendor who always gives him a free apple is like no I don't get, I don't get free stuff to people, um, and no one's nice to him no one no one likes him like this you know everything that he like doing about his day that the friendly atmosphere that he created around him is just completely gone, um you know his desk is just clean and like uniform like everyone else's there's no personality, uh so he gets this ten dollar a raise a week raise which I'm sure in 1960 was a notable amount for a week raise, these days not uh, so much. Ten dollars a week. Yes. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, although notably, he still spent five dollars at the bar later because uh, because he, when he gets charged for all of his shots, he, I noted that that was half of his his proposed raise that he spent in the bar. Um, and but then the guy angel makes him go to work, and it's like, hey, so you've got all these things you have to do work. You can't do this. You can't be silly. You can't go in there and slack off. You have to just be this. And he's like, you know what? I don't care if my life isn't like perfect. Like I like being me, and being someone else just isn't worth it. I'd rather be me and be poor mm. than pretend to be someone else and be unhappy. Um, and for me, this was just a really positive, uplifting message of like, yeah, because because this is the thing. After he becomes himself again, and he's, he still gets fired, and he goes through the meeting where he gets fired again, and he goes outside. The guardian angel does help him out a little bit. He moves the fire hydrant so he doesn't get the parking ticket again um and you know he drives off and he's in a good mood like he's unfazed is it joey almost made me think of it's kind of like it's a wonderful life but instead of realizing like like all the people who will care when you're gone it was more just about look at how miserable you'd be if you were actually successful (laughs) like look look at how how much you actually like who you are so just be happy even though you're having a rough day uh and he rides off all happy I thought this was a very positive episode. I was in a good mood sure. at this. So you liked the episode? I thought it was, I mean, it wasn't one of the best. I, was, I mean, it wasn't as intriguing as some of the other ones. It was pretty clear what it was doing really early on, but it was delightful enough. I thought it made its point. And uh, why did you like the episode? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cynical Tower is about to about to tear this to shreds. This is interesting though, because the only time this has happened flipped was the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street-esque one, which I was not into yeah. at all, and you were a bit more positive on. So, take it away. What, 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 describe your feelings. Okay, well, first of all, it wasn't a, just a bad day. He got evicted because of his <laughs> lifestyle. Because he doesn't make any money. And he lost his job. And he lost his car. Oh, you're taking this too literally. It's, it's all... It's all... This is not a bad day. This is a guy who makes a lot of poor decisions and he needs to grow up a little bit. Like, there should be some kind of compromise between the lifestyle that he lives and the lifestyle he should be living. Look, <laughs> I get what you're saying, right? In a pure, cold, hard, logical way, you're right. You're right it's that... It's gross to have taxidermy in your home. <laughs> I concur, right? And at and at work, if your work is too cluttered and you show up late, yeah, you don't <laughs> deserve to work there. <laughs> Man. Like, I agree. Like it'd be nice to have like something of your personality on your desk. I do that with my job. So, if anything, I have something that's a conversation starter to 
make friends with my coworkers. But um, like if it's if your desk is just a display <laughs> of taxidermy and weird items that don't make any sense or match your personality at all, it's just it's it's just a hoarder that brought their shit so, uh, to work with them. Okay. <laughs> I would hate this guy <laughs> if I had to work with him. Yes, if you if you take everything like you know completely literally sure right but i think the the message of the episode is very clearly like don't don't lose yourself right still be sure. yourself if that's what I makes you happy i think this was done a lot better with the with the actor who wanted to live his character's life and sure his own sure oh no i life. that was a that was a better episode I, I i will agree what you're essentially saying here is that you're annoyed that he didn't also learn a bit of a lesson by the end where he still had to take things a little bit more seriously that's essentially think, what you're saying i think learning to grow up and leave some of the childish stuff from your childhood back in your childhood and grow you know become an adult is also a good lesson <laughs> that's true that's true i don't know <laughs> I, I, I yeah i got I, I don't think that do you, i mean do you honestly think the end of the episode though is supposed to feel like he didn't like I got the feeling it was supposed to feel uplifting, like he'd made the right choice. Yeah. Right, you I agree think with so that? Too. Yeah, okay. I just don't, I just don't agree with it. Like that's that's fair, that's fair. But you agree that was the intent. I think it's, I I think he should have learned a little bit of a lesson about okay, maybe, maybe I can clean up a bit, <laughs> maybe I can pay my rent on time. I said, as, as, as I suppose, <laughs> but I suppose you could also critique not not him as a character, but more the way the episode like this idea that if, if he does pretend if or not pretend but if he does grow up a little bit and is a bit more serious about what he's doing the idea that no one will be nice to him or the kids won't even pay attention to him like you could argue that that's actually so much of an extreme that's just unrealistic like no like kids will talk to just a bit anyone <laughs> like they don't have to be goofy uh for a kid to be friendly with you yeah i i guess uh i think <sighs> that's not really what the show's been doing throughout like every kid who's talks to an adult in the show has either been a teacher or like a clown that lives in their building sure like the guy who sells knickknacks and ties <laughs> do you know what i think so funny about this is that i think i don't disagree with anything you're saying in a real world sense i just don't think the episode's <laughs> supposed to be taken as cold hard and literal as you're kind of taking his behavior if that makes sense <laughs> yes, I just don't buy the premise. <laughs> I mean, I, there are other episodes that do this theme a bit better, and that's, I that's think fair. I think it's I think it's an okay message to say that success isn't everything, you know. And but I think it's okay to and and obviously I think it's okay to hold on to the things that create your personality. Obviously, I do. Like I love science fiction movies and i watched twilight zone even though there are other new shows i could watch or abandon tv altogether i'm like i'm not going to do that <laughs> it's part of my who i am but like i don't i don't have like a wall full of pop figures or <laughs> like other stuff like it's okay to leave some things to grow up a little bit i feel like you just insulted half of our audience who are sitting there listening to this or watching this <laughs> looking with at their wall of pop, pop figures, figures like, yes but they're going to be worth money one day because <laughs> to be fair there's a lot of people who collect pop figures that might have been a rough example <laughs> okay not that I'm I, just I mean saying i know them <laughs> yeah i because i i don't i use that example because i know these people and oh, sure. you know i think it's okay to like to just really look at yourself and say 
God, I spent a lot of money on these. Hey, look, <laughs> I hate pop figures. I'm just trying to stick up for people who care about them. I think they look stupid. I don't like. I don't get them. But I'm not judging anyone. Sure, I use pop figures as an example, but like there are plenty of things that we can swap with pop figures. <laughs> I just I think it's okay to appreciate art and to love what you love and but I think it's okay also to leave some things in from your childhood there and move on. I get and become the, an adult and a regular person in society. I get the uh distinct feeling here that there's some uh, personal baggage being brought into this this review. <laughs> just just a touch. Just a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> It seems to have really struck a chord. I would hate working with this guy. <laughs> I don't think that's I thought, no, he, too. He's too jolly for me. He he's far too jolly for me. Like you you think if I'm up in the morning and coming out of the office, I want to hear like this this jolly fellow who's just like happy to be alive. <laughs> like piss off. Let me be miserable. It's the morning, <laughs> right? That's. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not saying i would like him either i just i think the episode is a parable it's a parable about uh not making yourself unhappy by conforming to who everyone else expects you to be and on that level i think it works i think there should be a little bit of middle ground here. <laughs> <laughs> in real life sure i'm not saying <laughs> I take things I do very seriously. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not disagreeing with you here. I'm. I'm just the context of what the episode's doing. Now, if you think it's a little too sort of one-sided and maybe not exploring the idea as well as it should, I think that's fair. Look, I mean, the guy, Mister Beavis, obviously wants to live in Neverland, and he lives on Earth, and I think that's a good lesson, also. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, uh, okay, actually, can I, I have a weird, weird critique here. And this is the weirdest critique okay. I might have had about any episode yet. Is that <laughs> when he gets fired and like the other like woman who works there brings up brings him a box to like help him pack up his stuff, she brings the tallest, most awkward box. I know. I thought po- it was a trash possible. can. Possible, but like, then but then later on, he when he's getting evicted, his landlord has the same type of box. I'm like, for boxes just different back then? <laughs> do, you, do you know what I think it is? I think this is the boxes that the, the, the lighting stands came in or something, because that's really specific long shape. And that's why, <laughs> and that's what they had lying around, so they just used those. Because, and the reason why I, it really stuck out to me is not only was it just how tall it was, it's that when the, the woman like starts helping him pack and she like picks up his clock or whatever it is and puts it in, she has to like sort of lean all, because it's the first thing she puts in, so she has to kind of lean all the way over and it's like right up to her armpit and it's she's so, yeah, impractical. reaching at the bottom of the box. I'm like, he doesn't need this big a box. I mean, I know he's got a lot of stuff, but it's still not... <laughs> I think it's something like more cubical shapes. <laughs> Cubic shape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I noticed uh, that too. Yes. Especially because it comes up a second time. It does, yes. That's because he repeats that moment. Uh but yeah, he's you know he's 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 a happy guy and he's just he's happy to be be himself. No, don't get me wrong. I know this is a great episode. I think I think it's fine. I, I think I like that it was a bit more of an upbeat message after the like the previous few that have been really depressing. <laughs> um, I like my depressing Twilight Zone. So do I. I I, I typically <laughs> prefer them, but um, I, I think it's okay to have a, a nice lighter one once in a while. Um, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, have yeah, one... enjoyed them in the past. I just don't think this one's very good. 
it is worth mentioning if we're compared to another anthology show my favorite episode of black mirror is maybe one of the most positive ones mine is the most negative Mine is definitely shut up and dance. <laughs> that was my second favorite. That, Joe, 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 it's funny you say that. Is that when I was watching season three, and you you probably saw the reviews for these actually uh, back when we did mm-hmm. them, is that we got to shut up and dance, and I said it was the best episode of the show. And then the very next episode was San Junipero, and I went, you know what? I actually think this is the best one of the show so far. <laughs> season three of Black Mirror is freaking great. All right, yeah, and it is. it's a shame that it's not quite lived up to like that peak so i mean don't be wrong uss callister was great i quite like striking vipers not everyone did me too i love that one but it, it definitely hasn't been the same right you know there's definitely been some recycled ideas for a lot of the episodes mm-hmm. um but yes anyway that's that's a whole other thing um <laughs> th- this is no san junipero i guess is what i'm trying to say <laughs> It's not, right. it's not even in the it's definitely in, not shut up and dance. It's not shut up and dance. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shut up and dance. So that is a really good episode. Is there some people that like that episode? That, that's actually kind of a divisive one. I mean, I can see why it's it's hard to like. <laughs> I, but you I, have to admit, it's pretty brilliant. I don't think I have felt a knife twist in my stomach know, the, right? the way that something was revealed in that. The end just changes the whole thing. Like from the opening shot, you're like, oh, I have to see this. All of a sudden, I hate everything about this, and yes. it makes me love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so well done. But the good, the good thing about it is, even everything before that is such a good tense thriller. Before that, like mm-hmm. it's it's really engrossing up until that point, and then it's like, holy shit, my complete. You know, it just it's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So I maybe bug out from under you, for uh, sure. Maybe this episode isn't the most interesting to talk about since we're now talking about shop and dance and San Junipero. <laughs> uh, and Sanjuna Pearl is relevant, of course, because I mean, by the time this goes up, it'll already be be out probably. But Terminator, Dark Fate's like about to hit, and McKenzie, you know, what's her name? Sure, Mackenzie so, Davis. Mackenzie Davis, like <laughs> Mackenzie Davis is in that. She's like a Terminator now. Um, it's yeah, always funny. So check out our review. <laughs> yeah, see when you watch on Sanjuna Pearl, she looks like such this sort of like typical skinny young woman and then you, you look at you look at the trailers for dark fate and she looks like she's a tank and she could she's rip my monster. head off yeah she looks awesome oh jeez, um i'm a little scared of her i'm not gonna lie uh okay mr beavis look i thought it was fine i thought it was fine i liked <laughs> that it was kind of positive and upbeat it was an easy enough watch um i i mean obviously we're going to do our, our best and worst episodes at the end of the season we're getting very close now we'll get three left um i hope we can remember them all <laughs> but i don't think this is like at the bottom of the pile i think there's mm-hmm. a, a few ones i mean it's not like fever but like i don't know i just didn't really like this one okay does that mean we were picking what our bottom three or five or whatever we're doing you're going to be fighting for this one on there <laughs> i mean it'll probably be online but whatever <laughs> yeah but we, no, but we make a combined list i mean there have been some stinkers like because me and Connor have to like agree on a list for Star Trek, so we're going to have to agree on a list for Twilight Zone. So we're not having a list. Maybe we have some honorable mentions. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe okay. Just honorable me. mentions. Hey, look, I'll put it this way: if I end up agreeing, this is on the worst five of the season, then we've had a pretty good season because I don't think this is that bad. I hope I can remember them all. I mean, thirty-three episodes so far. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. But I mean, I think they're all memorable enough that as soon as you look at the titles or at least an image of each episode, you'll just immediately go, "Yep." That's that one. It'll click. Okay. It'll be fine. Trust me. It'll be fine. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so obviously at the end, uh, Mr. Selling... Oh, actually, before we move on to the ending, can we talk about the opening? Because the opening titles were different. Yeah. We had an eyeball. 
Yeah, it was it was an actual like a close up of an eyeball. Really swirly thing. And then the, the then like a line came in, and the Twilight Zone kind of came up up from the line. It was it was different. And what's weird about it is that I know season two because the the famous intro music isn't there yet because it's, it's still the same audio for mm-hmm. this opening as the rest of the season. Season two adds in the doing 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 you know the, the the classic Twilight. Everyone thinks of mm-hmm. the Twilight Zone, um, which. I have to admit. I think the line coming across the bottom and then the sun setting into the line, but not mm. below it. I think that's Twilight Zone too, right? It, doesn't that come back for the intro? I can't remember because that looks very familiar. I cannot remember, but I will say that as much as the the the, the music that's introduced in season two is the famous one that everyone remembers for Twilight Zone, and it's the one that's used in all the reboots and you know even the one from this year, like. Mm-hmm. When I got to it originally, when I first watched seasons one and two, I I, I, I annoyed me that they changed it because I got, I got so used to the season one music that I was like, no, no, go back. <laughs> well, we're not binging this, so maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it'll be okay. But it annoyed me at the time. Uh, so we'll see how I, I feel. Obviously, it's good music. I'm not saying it's not, but like, I'm just, I wanted to, <laughs> the intro was different. Anyway, so uh, once again, we're in a, a set, but this time with mannequins and or mannequins mannequin not mannequins um and rod selling's like from the sounds of it it sounds like it's going to be like toy story where the mannequins come alive when mm-hmm. everyone goes home um he announced a couple of actors for a couple of actresses specifically uh so it seems like it's going to be a lady-led episode it's called the after hours uh, which maybe lines up. Here's, here's the IMDb description. A woman is treated badly by some odd salespeople on an otherwise empty department store floor. I do like the sound of this. That sounds creepy. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm game. Uh, and I don't know what this is, so I'm excited. Mannequins typically are quite creepy things when you shoot them in the right way, so mm-hmm. could, this, could, this could actually be a very good horror episode if they if they if it lands. Um, and the IMDb rating is promising, so I okay, cool. So we'll look forward to that next time. Maybe we'll get like a proper horror episode. Mm. But yeah, so that has been Mr. Beavis. Um, <laughs> I never saw Beavis and Butthead growing up, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that's what you're <laughs> um, I, uh, nah. It just makes me it's think. It's not a very good impression. Honestly, for me, it just makes me think of a beaver. So his name's just kind of silly in that respect. It's awfully close to the Burgess Meredith character in um, The End of the World one. Time, Time enough, enough at last. Yes. Yeah, so. His name was Mr. Bemis. And oh, it was right, kind okay. of a similar type of character. Anyway. Yes. How dare he read? How dare he, how dare he read things? Chaucer and Dickens. Who does he think he is? See if you see if you read that episode now. Now the twist would be that he he wants to play on his iPad, but when the world ends, <laughs> there's no electricity, so he can't charge his iPad. That would be the twist ending. <laughs> there's no wi-fi ah! i went and saw judd apatow do stand-up and he does a really hilarious impression of his daughter who's like super teenager mm. he's like what would you bring with you on a desert island he asked her like trying to get to know her better mm. and she just doesn't want to play along and she goes charger <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Charger. He does a great impression of his daughter. It's hilarious. I, I don't like it, his movies, but his stand-up's pretty good. 
I hope I hope he raised the question of where she would plug the charger in. I, I hope that came up. I also want to explain I think to it was her. just a demonstration to see how like far removed his daughter is from him. I remember watching a movie. Um, I think it was like a Disney Channel original or something like that. But it was like a family gets stranded on an island, and the dad was the vice principal from Sabrina Teenage Witch, and. Mm. They had to, uh, like, they basically, they're stranded there, so they end up building, like, this big treehouse, and they actually end up with electricity because they build a big, like, wheel for the, the waterfall. They, they essentially get hydropower. Um, and I'm like, is that get into this plan? Is like, there's a charger, she's got an outlet, she's going to get a big wheel, she's going to get hydropower going. Uh, like, there's a lot, a lot of stuff in here. They're just going to bug me what it's called now. Hold on. I'm going to find this. I'm going to find this movie. Is it, like, Swiss Family Robinson? Oh, that sounds, that sounds close. That sounds right. That may be it. Well, it's a Disney movie, and they may have made like a TV show version. I thought it was a TV movie, but maybe I just maybe it was just on the Disney Channel. And when would this have been? Like the early two thousands, late nineties. I mean, this was Family Robinson. It's a much older film. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe it was like a newer TV version of it. Yeah. Um, come on, give it to me. Give it to me. Beverly Hills Family Robinson. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely taking the same idea. This is why I watched it at the time. Do you know who the teenage daughter is? Oh, who? Hormones? (laughs) You you may know her from the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sarah Michelle Gellar was the teen daughter in this movie. (laughs) That'll be why I watched it, because I was a Buffy fan. Ah, dear. <laughs> yes, um, I, 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 it's hard to believe I, uh, I somehow got onto Beverly Hills Family Robinson at the end of this Twilight Zone review, but we did. Uh, so that is a uh, that is this week's Twilight Zone. So thank you very much for for joining us. Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. You can support us by rating the podcast on your podcast app. Apple Podcast being the most common one, give us five stars. Helps more people find us. Helps the podcast grow and spread like a disease, but a good disease that you want to spread. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, Love. I don't know. <laughs> Tara, uh, what can people do to support us financially? <laughs> you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV and donate as little as a dollar per month. You can get these Twilight Zone episodes um, early at $5 per month. <laughs> Correct. But you get more bonus stuff for the $1 tier even. You get uh, bonus episodes of The Ace, our science fiction movie podcast, and the... Um, Screams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast that Peter does with Tim. Also very good. So check it out. Also very good. But not quite as good as the Ace. That was the tone there. There was a tone that said, <laughs> yeah, it's also very good, but not... It's, it's, well, the, I B, mean, it's the B show. It's new. You guys, you know, give it some time. You guys will figure <laughs> it out. Figure out what works. I think we'll be crossing 400 episodes, like, in February <laughs> or something like that. Um, so... Yes, uh, thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Twilight Zone, guys. No, that's not what I say. Keep watching TV, guys, in the Twilight Zone. <laughs>